When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 63. And as we hit number 63, we're in smack dab of the middle of an international break and one where the Italian press has been speculating as to what Max Legri is up to with a squad full of reserves and youth players and bemoaning Italy's start to World Cup qualification and all that happy and positive and whatever other words you want to use to describe it. So on that wonderful introduction, we will get going here and I will bring in Sam LaPresti. Hello, Sam. It is the, the our favorite time of year, the first international break after two games. To, right. You know, it's just that strategically placed spot. Right. And maybe someday Serie A will actually get with the 21st century and start the season a couple weeks earlier to avoid this sort of thing. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, no. We've got Chucks. Hello, Coach Chucks. Uh, hello, hello. Yeah, we. Uh, I coach a uh, U10 soccer team here uh, with my fiance Andrea, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, we didn't have practice today. I mean, just well, yeah, due to COVID. But um, yeah, it's quite entertaining to uh, coach a little one. So um, yeah, quite an experience, and uh, and to. Uh, lift the spirits a little more um shout out to uh, memphis the pie for a uh, brilliant patrick today uh, against uh, turkey so uh, he is a uh, bang on form so uh, well done memphis well done. How, how did our large dutch defender do today Chuck? 
Uh, well, I mean, they conceded one goal, so... Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's his fault. The Licht actually didn't even play <laughs> this game. He played uh, the previous game against... Uh, against Nor Montenegro. The previous game he did play, so... From what I heard, he played well. And uh, this game was uh, De Vrij and uh, Van Dijk. So, um, well, I mean, it looks like it was all right. I mean, they were 6-0 up, and then last minute, 93rd minute, a goal. So that was, yeah, it was a little frustrating, but, you know, good victory nonetheless. Last but not least, Sergio. Hello, Sergio. Hey, fellas. Happy to be here, as always. Happy to talk about Juventus, despite not not a lot going on with Juventus, which is always ripe for some great content. So I'm sure this will be a cracking podcast, I'm sure. How's CONCACAF qualification going for you, Sergio? It's going really well, thank you. Uh, they've been playing really bad, as usual, but uh, they're getting results, which at this point is really kind of like all you want from CONCACAF qualification, really, because, I mean... Yeah, they've been playing kind of crappy for a few months, but they've been losing. So now they're they're still playing crappy, but they're actually winning, which, you know, it's a, a nice change of pace. One last Mexico question before we get to Juventus. Have you come around on their new uh, their new jerseys yet? No, no, they're weird. They're still kind of weird. I, re- I saw something that like they've now gone like a hundred, like a hundred plus games. I don't remember the exact amount. But 100 plus games without actually wearing a green a green kit, which at, at this point is kind of like now it's a problem. Like I, I used to really like like the black kits and like the alternate kits, but now it's like just just do one that's green. Like that doesn't seem so hard, and they're just not doing it. It's been 100 plus games. Now they have this weird black and pink joints. I I don't know. I want to like it, but it's. It, it's weird. It, it also doesn't help that they've been bad. So it's just not, not really moving the needle for me so far. They'll, they'll have it on clearance soon enough though. So, you know, that's, that's where I make a, my move usually. That's right. That's right. Gotta, gotta get back to the green and then you'll start playing better. That's right. It's a mojo thing. It's a mojo thing. They have no, no vibes right now. So yeah, they definitely need a change at the very least when it comes to their kids. Well, last week's episode was filled with a whole lot of transfer stuff. And because of that, we weren't able to talk about actually one of the the week's more important stories for Juventus, and that was the Champions League draw. And obviously, the Champions League is one of the things that is back on the schedule as we get out of the international break, which starts off in quite a big way with the trip to Naples to f- face Luciano Spalletti and his very good Napoli side that have started the season very well. So before we get to Napoli, we'll talk a little Champions League. And I think my initial reaction to it, as I said on the the first post of the of the day after the draw happened, was kind of how I felt about Juventus and Champions League draws the last few years is that it could have been worse, could have been a little bit better. So what are we thinking about how Juventus did with the Champions League, how are we thinking Juventus might do in the Champions League? Knock on wood, not terrible. And just kind of the thoughts on the group, because it seems like there's two very clear-cut teams that should advance in Juventus and Chelsea, and then kind of two two teams that are a little bit further behind the uh, the, the top two squads. Yeah, I think that, you know, in terms of advancing, that is exactly what that, 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 that spot on is that 
you know, Juve are are the the clear favorite on paper to go through at least second. I don't think we're looking at at a I don't think we're looking at a situation where we win the group here. Not with Chelsea. Last year with Barcelona, you're looking at Barca, they were kind of in the same kind of disarray that that we were in heading into that season and you could kind of think well this you know anything could go here not with this Chelsea this team is really really flipping good you know the, uh, like I said when I when I previewed the the group they went through the Champions League and won it basically from the back forward because they didn't really have a striker that was firing on all cylinders the Timo Werner signing really didn't pan out for them uh, at that point and now they went and went and got Lukaku who's you know been one of the the most on point strikers in in the world the last few years consolation I guess you can say is that Lukaku's never scored an open play against Juventus in seven games and and Bonucci and Chiellini seem to always find his number but even if you were to shut him down there is so much else that can kill you on this Chelsea team guys like Mason Mount who you know played pretty well in the in the Euro final against Italy for England guys like Christian Pulisic and and that midfield of Jorginho and N'Golo Kante is really worlds better than anything Juve has shown themselves able to put out there in the in the last few years you know hopefully something hopefully something about Manuel Locatelli can kind of put things up a little closer but I don't even I don't think that you can really beat them midfield wise you know I would I would be totally fine with you know like I said in 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 the that piece I would be totally fine with losing to them in London drawing against them in Turin and taking care of business against the, the two bottom sides in the in the group to to advance in second place and also and I've said this before winning the group is not the boon that it once was ever since UEFA changed the group stage seeding rules, because now you have so many really, really good teams in pot two that you're always going to get, you know, you're, you're, you're very, you're as likely to get a, a monster team in the second pot uh, in the unseated pot going into the knockouts as you are to get one, from the first, from, from the seeded pot. So, you know, Juve just has to focus on getting through this and, and getting into the knockout rounds. Cause not only just for the, you know, for sports, for the sake of sporting results, but also getting knocked out so early the last two years is one of the things that's really exacerbated the financial problems. I mean, Exor, Exor released the, some financial figures today and Juventus is closing the the fiscal year with a loss of 190.7 million euros. And obviously COVID has a lot to do with that and empty stadiums have a lot to do with that, but also, you know, a, a whole ton of the money that went towards picking up guys like Gonzalo Higuain and guys like, uh, like Ronaldo came from getting from all those deep champions league runs that they start, that they were making you know, around the Allegri tenure and that, you know, that the, given the financial situation of the club and, you know, you looked at looking down the line, seeing the, the, the 
outlays that Juve are going to have to make for guys like Chiesa and Locatelli and Moise Kane. Getting into at least the quarterfinals is, you know, getting into the knockout stage, absolutely vital. And you really want to get into at least the quarterfinals to at least recoup some of that money and, and maybe make it take the financial pressure off. Yeah, for once, uh, I don't have to be the uh, resident pessimist. I'm very proud after that, mind you. <laughs> and I'm very glad I don't have to be that. <laughs> Chuck's turning baby face. He's no longer the heel. Yeah, I know, it's remarkable. I thought I was going to be... Like, it's, like, it's like Steve Austin going heel for me. It's just like, yeah, no. no. <laughs> so uh, so thank you, Sam, and thank you, well, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I would... Uh, just want to recognize that moment. Uh, no, I, I wholeheartedly would you like to share the load here, Chucks. Away, Chucks? Got to share the load. <laughs> Take your victory speech, Chucks. Uh, well, well, my victory speech is one of uh, pessimism, obviously, because um, I wholeheartedly agree with Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, also think there's a very, 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 very small chance that we'll uh, top the group in this one. Uh, yeah, like you said, Sam. I mean, Chelsea are really, very, very impressive. You know, I thought under Lampard. I mean, I. I always kind of took the Mickey out of them when they were uh, when Lampard was in charge of them because I was like, ah, I mean, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really take them seriously, you know. I was like, you know, Lampard is a nice guy. I have nothing against Lampard. Obviously, I think he's, you know, just a very respectable and just, you know, just a good guy. But I don't know his team wasn't particularly good, and I just didn't take them very seriously. Ironically, I also didn't really take Thomas Tuchel very seriously either because, um, I mean, I thought he did well at PSG, but eh, it always just felt like with PSG that they've always been underperforming a little bit. I mean, sure, they've won the league, but I just, I thought their their Champions League performances have, I mean, they've always been able to be better. And let's see what they do with Pochettino and obviously with a, a certain gentleman by uh, the name of Lionel Messi. But uh, yeah, Tuchel has turned it around with Chelsea as well. Just And like you said, I think the most impressive thing about it is that it really has been built from the back. I mean, their their defense is just extremely strong. They don't concede much. And of course, now they have uh, Lukaku. So yeah, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really see us uh, topping the group in that one. And then you got, yeah, the Swedish... Uh, Swedish champions, I believe they are. Uh, Malmö. I always, always try to get those Scandinavian names right, but <clears throat> yeah, obviously they're the you know fourth seed team, and but they're still dangerous. I mean, like Sam mentioned, I think Danny, you mentioned as well, just highlighting the fact that these are all cold climates that we have to travel to to Russia and to Sweden, um, and I mean England is uh, perpetually cold, <laughs> I guess. Um, so um, yeah, that could be annoying uh, as well. Just those winter trips. So, I mean, there's always that chance of the slip up against the Zenit, uh, St. Petersburg. There's always, always that chance there. So I'm not taking that for granted at all. And more than anything, you know, Juve, we've been getting favorable, well, round of 16 draws. Uh, and also, I'd say group stage draws, we've gotten pretty all right, honestly, the last few years, I'll, I think. But I've just stopped saying like, oh, I just want an easy draw because we've had easy draws in round of 16 and look at how that turned out. So at this point, I just take whatever I get in, in the group stage and rounds of 16 and beyond. And I just say, okay, let's just, let's just get out of this. You know? For the record, we do get lucky in that we go to Sweden and to Russia in September and October, respectively. Okay, so yeah, that's, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah, that is not a, you know, blisteringly cold uh, as a as it could be 
So, so once again, we get lucky, but like I said, we've, uh, we, we've had a impressive habit of screwing up luck. So um, I'm not taking anything for granted, but yeah, I mean, I think overall we should be able to end second, but I doubt it will be easy, but I think eventually we'll get second. And I still, I mean, I don't know. I'm skeptical, uh, skeptical about our chances beyond a group stage, but you know, let's, uh, Let's take one step at a time. Yeah, I'm, I'm going vibes only on this because you've all made the, the serious analysis. Uh, I, I think Chelsea are frauds. I don't respect them at all. It's yeah. there he is. There he is. I, I don't know why, because I recognize they're a very good team. They won the Champions League last year. And up until like the last minute of the game, I was like, they're not that good. Like, I mean, they're not that good. And they were lifting the trophy. And I was like, that's a that's a crap team. Like, they're not that good. And and so that that's one of those things. That's one of those heels I'm willing to die on. So I don't see it as like it, it was, I, I think it's a decent draw overall. Like I said, like like you guys said, I think Sweden and Russia, they're always funky places to go. Uh, we do get lucky a little bit with the scheduling, but, you know, there's still weird places to travel to. You can't discount the fact that, you know, yeah, they, they these dudes are traveling via charter planes and whatnot, but they're still like long distances. Like I can't imagine that that just is like really good for you, like performance wise to have this long trips. And I mean, I can't imagine that's great, but you know, those guys have to come to, to Italy too. So I guess it's it's not that big a deal. I guess they should move forward. Uh, I really kind of, I'd like, I think we avoided some of the, you know, tricky teams in, in pot three and pot four, like uh, Red Bull Leipzig, for example, like one of those type of things, that type of teams that can very easily, you know, steal points from you here and there. So I think it's a, you know, I don't want to say an easy draw, but I think it's as favorable as, as, it could have gone for them, I, I would consider. So, yeah, it's exciting. It's, you know, it's always exciting to to start a new Champions League season. And I think with, with the draw that they have, like Sam said, I think that's a key point. The fact that they haven't really gone deep in Champions League uh, play, I think that's a key, key point in why the team is struggling financially as they are right now. So I, I will... I will disagree with Chucks. I do hope that we get a very, very easy draw, as easy as possible, you know, so in the round of 16, in the quarterfinals, if we can get just a cupcake, like one of those all-time Real Madrid middle of the decade, you know, draws that they usually get, where they would play every cupcake available until the final. If we can get that, I'm all for it. But so far, so good when it comes to the group. So, yeah, decent. I, I wouldn't say high hopes, but, you know, Good vibes, I would say for me in, in when it comes to the group. We could have Remind, been AC Milan. Remind yeah. us of your of your point of view of Real Madrid, by the way, Sergio. Oh no, it's just that every time like they would get the easiest oh, no, he's right. like, on their way to the to the final. Like, look, no they'd get like, like Schalke and like in the round of sixteen or whatever, like every year. He's right. Every year. Manchester City used to have that as well until this year, but Manchester look, City always I, had the most ridiculous draws. What? <laughs> What they did in the Champions League this decade is phenomenal. No one can take it away from them. We'll probably never see like a like a streak of consistent success in the European stage, especially in a in a knockout competition that is that can go so many ways. But also, like it was all luck, and I respect nothing. So you know, screw Real Madrid forever. I share your uh, hatred. 
supportive, by the way. <laughs> one, one wild card about especially this first game coming up next week. Malmo is halfway through their season because the Swedish league is an April to October league. This will be Juve's fourth competitive fixture. That is definitely going to be a trap game, especially going to Sweden for it. And it, it, it gets you a little, it, it makes some nervous. It makes me a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And just a point on the, the schedule again, and again, showing how this is relatively favorable, just in Juve's favor, which again, we're probably going to find a way to screw it up, but. Um, no, Juventus in- <laughs> never does that. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're playing Chelsea uh, on match days two and five, which, you know, they're not the very first match day, not the very last match day. Um, that's always the worst to me. Like if you play like Chelsea on the last match day and also the last match day is at home uh, to Mount Malmö. And yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it, that's, these are again, things in our favor. So yeah, we get lucky once again. Yeah. Just, you know, just to finish this segment of black and white and Malmo all over, uh, I just Googled <laughs> Malmo, really beautiful city. Like it looks awesome. Like I would definitely love to travel to Malmo. Like that sounds like a really cool place to go. Uh, I encourage everyone listening to this to Google Malmo. Also, like the fifth result is, is it safe to travel to Malmo? Probably. Yeah, it's Sweden. I, I would say it's pretty safe. So, yeah, not, not never been there, but I would assume it's pretty safe. Who do you think gets the stoppage time goal in the, against one of the, the, the smaller teams this year? It's been two years running that we've needed one. It was Morata last year, it was Douglas Costa the year, uh, the year before. That's a good question. Shilio. Question. <laughs> I mean, Ooh, if, 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 I mean That'd be if, dealt too. if he isn't injured or something at the time, Lord knows. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, it's funny that you bring up the Shigalio Chucks because knowing the situation that Juventus is in coming out of the international break, and if, if you... Listeners aren't privy to how some of the international fixtures are currently scheduled. Is that Juventus's South American contingent essentially has, oh, I don't know, probably about 24 hours to get back to Turin between their last World Cup qualifier and then Juventus's game against Napoli. So, hey, Como Ball, you know, nicely done there. So, very much since Juventus's fullback position is. South American heavy, it is a quite the possibility that Matteo De Ciglio could be appearing against Napoli, which, well, boy, 
And I guess we'll we'll transition into the Napoli talk there because we have been kind of stewing on the fact that Juventus has gotten all of one point through the first two games of the season. And then you have some of Juve's best players not back with the team until, like I said, right before kickoff, essentially. So I don't know how to feel about this Napoli game, knowing one, how Juventus has played to begin the season two, knowing that a, you know, a good chunk of important players are going to, going to probably not start and then you factor in Napoli has started the season very well and I don't know I guess I'm just setting myself up to be grumpy this weekend how are you guys feeling not great to be honest I mean we're, we're going to be looking at a like you said we're going to be looking at a bit of a depth crunch going in with you know not only you know not only the the, the fullback spots but also you know, up front, I, I, you doubt Dybala would start, although he hasn't played a lot of minutes for Argentina over the international break. And of course, Argentina didn't have much of a game over the weekend. That was a fiasco. Let me, uh, let me just say, jump in real quick and say that it is Max Allegri's history in terms of South American players, because they obviously make, usually make the longest distance traveled back to, Italy yeah. he doesn't necessarily play a lot of his South American players from the start in fixtures right out of the international break obviously no, you right. just aren't playing Napoli every time they come out of an international break so you know the game has bigger stakes this weekend but yeah yeah that that's that's very much a, th- uh, a thing to to point out and you know when it but it makes you look at who's you know who's available you know, Federico Chiesa will have played two and a half games coming out of the uh, Italy qualifiers. You assume he'll start next week. You assume that Manuelo Cotelli will start. He's probably played, uh, he'll probably have played, uh, you know, two and a half games. It's it's slightly heartening to think that, uh, to note that the, the two of them have probably been the best players for Italy over the international break so far. Locatelli was wonderful against switzerland and if anybody on the front line of italy could actually you know score a freaking goal things would have been a lot different in the italian press but yeah i mean you have to wonder you know who starts who starts up front who starts in the middle like who starts anywhere because there's you know we're we're looking at a lot of guys that are going to be that are going to be playing a lot of minutes because these international breaks have been so condensed since COVID with the, with three games apiece. And then you look at, at, at the Napoli side and, you know, Lorenzo Insigne left training, left the national team this week for per, uh, today for personal reasons. Uh, I believe those personal reasons start with a J and end with an S. He, he left, he, yeah, he, he left. I, I don't think there's any question in my mind. He's like, Napoli are playing Juventus. I'm out. Whereas Chiesa will probably be playing. Also, Napoli are getting Victor Osterman back because he won his suspension, uh, his appeal against his two-game suspension, so he'll only have to be suspended one, which is some nonsense to me because he punched a dude in the throat and he somehow only gets one game on the appeal. But you know, Napoli are going to be relatively full strength and 
depending on how Allegri decides to play it, Juve will very much not be. And Juve are already play, Juve have already been playing really poorly this year. It it's we're, we're I don't know the 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 math doesn't look good <laughs> right now. And um, and you know it's you know this is a big week coming up. You you know you look Napoli, Champions League, and then Milan. That's a that that's a rough that's a rough week, and um, it it it's kind of concerning to think that you know through four games in Serie A, we could still be sitting on one point. It wouldn't surprise me, and that's why this game is really really important. We've got to get something going to make to make the team and the and frankly the fans believe that some believe that they've got something in the tank because right now, it's it's hard to see it. Yeah, what I'm, I mean, I'm, what I'm looking for in the Napoli game is just, so what were the errors from, for instance, the um, the loss against Empoli? Well, as we talked about last time. Where to begin, uh, Chucks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that would be a whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that would be a whole podcast in itself. In fact, it was, which was uh, episode 62. So tune in for that or go back in your podcast feed to find that. But obviously one of the big mistakes from that game was just the fact that uh, tactically, I mean, nobody really knew what was going on. Um, yeah, nobody really knew uh, what formation we were playing and how and why and, you know, what was going on. <clears throat> so, I mean, that would hopefully be one of just the main things that we would solidify and just, I mean, if we could get a draw, you know, obviously it's a poor start to the season, but these are tough games. I mean, these this is Napoli and then subsequently uh, Milan. So, um, you know, yeah, I mean, at least just stabilize the ship a little bit and hopefully, hopefully stop shipping in goals because, I mean, once again, we're on double digits of consecutive games of not having a clean sheet. So that, um, yeah, that is, those are just kind of two things on top of my mind. Erasing the, just the glaring errors of the game against the loss against Nap- or Empoli, pardon, and just a clean sheet, please, <laughs> please. Much like much like Mexico never playing with a green kit, like it's like the the streak is getting there for Juventus without a clean sheet. Like I think now it's like sixteen or seventeen games going back to last season when they haven't kept a clean sheet when they've allowed at least one goal, which is pretty nuts to think about. Like it's you know you have look say what you will you have good defenders like that's that's a Matthias Delic being back there that's a Giorgio Chiellini playing that's a Leonardo Bonucci. Yes, they have, they were, you know, being coached by Andrea Pirlo last year, whatever. But I don't, 16, 17 games, I don't remember the exact amount, but without keeping a clean sheet is, is, is crazy to me. So, yeah, let's, let's hope they can actually turn that around. And, you know, I, it, it's going to be interesting to see. This is, one, this is going to be one of those games that, you know, obviously it's early, but in the, in the golden days of the Allegri teams, this were the kind of games that they would grit and grind and get a result. Like they would play ugly, but they would get a result. And I am not super confident that that is going to happen right now. You know, taking away the fact that I don't think Juventus will be favored, that I, in fact, that I, I believe that they will probably drop points. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see the depth. I think a lot of guys are going to get chances early on that they would not have gotten otherwise uh, a guy like um 
like Luca Pellegrini, for example, I think this is his shot to finally get some playing time. And this is a guy that we've just heard about for years now, and he just hasn't really made a dent on the team. I, you know, in in the final days of the transfer deadline, I was seeing reports that he, like they were, that he might go on another loan. And I was, I just thought if he cannot find minutes in this Juventus squad, maybe Pellegrini just sucks. Maybe he's just bad because this is not a particularly daunting depth chart when it comes to that left wing. So I think, you know, this is kind of like a make or break year for him because the minutes are there to be had. So I think he'll, he'll have a shot. I think a guy like Federico Bernardeschi, who I know was called up to the Italian national team, but I, I think he's going to probably get yet another shot at, at getting minutes. It's going to be a, a chance for a lot of the guys that are going, that are usually rotational players to actually, you know, get minutes. And that would probably not look pretty in the, on the field, but who knows, maybe, maybe someone out there kind of like proves their worth and, and, you know, makes their case for, for more minutes moving forward in the season. So, so that's really what I'm looking for, what I'm looking forward to in, ter- in terms of, you know, the, the depth of the team, like who, like who's going to be playing. I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Will that result in a good scoreline for Juventus? Probably not, but it's going to be, a, a, at the very least, it's going to be interesting to watch, especially, you know, another guy, like we can talk about it a little bit later, but a guy, Moise Keen, the, the new new slash old signing, I think this is as good a chance as any for him to, to you know, start a game and to actually start getting minutes and kind of pick up where he left off. So that that's like, I'm excited to look to see that. But other than that, yeah, this is, this is looking not that great. And also I looked at uh, the Victor Osimhen punch. What, what's a punch in the throat between friends? Like that's just guys being guys. Like that's, that's you know, good stuff. I'm, I'm happy that he's playing. Yeah, had a boy in like the good old days. Eh? No, um, <laughs> fellas being fellas. Yeah, yeah, indeed. No, as we mentioned uh, in the, let's see, yeah, before recording, uh, as we mentioned also as well with just in terms of the team selection and, you know, you mentioned Be- uh, Bellegrini that, you know, Max Allegri generally doesn't really like using uh, um, players from South America after an international break just because of all the travel that they do. Um, especially now with, you know, three games during the break, uh, plus then as well, well, just all the shenanigans going on in South America, as I'm sure people read about with the Argentina versus Brazil game. That was uh, quite extraordinary indeed. Yeah, so just that, you know, the quarantine restrictions that, you know, players arriving there had to do and I believe might also have to do when coming back from Italy. I'm not sure, but just, you know, given all that, uh, yeah. Who knows if players like Ben Tancur will play, who I heard picked up a knock, or, you know, Dybala, and, or, well, sorry, Peter Dybala wasn't called up, but Cuadrado, rather. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, that makes even bigger argument for someone like Pellegrini to step up. And, you know, Dybala was called up. He was, okay. He, he just hasn't played much. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so, you know, we'll see uh, how many players returning from South America will well, frankly, be fit to play. I mean, that's a lot of travel and just with all the COVID, COVID protocols, I mean, that's also, you know, just, yeah, tough to deal with. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if uh, see if uh, Lege wants to play them. One of the interesting parts about all the travel they have to do is that just a simple fact of where Juventus is playing this weekend because, you know, if they played in Turin, it wouldn't, I mean, it'd still be a thing, but it wouldn't be as big of a thing. 
but knowing that Juventus has done a lot of their travel to away matches the same day, Napoli isn't one of those places where you can travel the same day, especially knowing when the game is. I mean, it's a, what I'm trying to do the math in my head. It's a 6 PM kickoff in Italy. So it's not necessarily a late game. So if you think about if all the South Americans, which it's not like they're all on one team, so they can't just say fly together. Yeah. It's, it's just, do they go straight to Naples? Do they go to Turin, try and maybe get a COVID test or two and then head to Na- Napoli? I mean, I don't, I don't know. So it's just a logistical nightmare in terms of when both the South American qualifiers are and when Juventus plays. And I mean, I, I can't remember anything like this ever happening. And I mean, like you said, Chuck, it's just kind of the absurdity of packing in another, another match into the international break when, you know, we, we had become so accustomed to, you know, teams play their last qualifier on a Tuesday or Wednesday, and they're back in training for a couple of days before, before the games happen again. So, yeah, it's just, it, it's stupid, very stupid. Yeah, and also, um, I remember Tim Vigri was, uh, of course, Tim Vigri. Frank. No, no, I've had a cup of tea uh, before recording, so that's why it sounds so groovy. Um, but uh, I remember Tim Vigri was saying that just after the whole Argentina versus Brazil uh, just madness going on there, uh, he argued, and I think this makes a lot of sense, Comebol should have just basically scrapped the uh, Copa America for last summer and used that time to catch up on qualifiers. Uh, which I, yeah, I think that would have made some sense. Frankly, it's a lot easier to c- cancel a uh, Copa America than it is, for example, a, you know, Euro 2020 or uh, well, especially given the anniversary edition that was the Euro 2020 or, yeah, you know, another region. So it, it would have just been easier just from a marketing commercial standpoint and just PR standpoint to have canceled the Copa America and then taken those or taken that month, basically, to uh, play, I mean, you could have fit in probably three, four qualifiers in that month, and then everybody goes off to summer. I think that would have been, yeah, definitely would have been smart, but I'm just some guy on the internet. Just just to Danny's point about the travel, I, I mean, Frechette also gets you from Turin to Naples in just around four hours. It's not a, not a huge schlep. I mean, especially given the amenities on a Frecha. I mean, don't we have? Doesn't Juve have a, a sponsorship agreement with them? I imagine they'll they they can. They have something going with. They have something cooking. Do they trucks? But... You're the businessman. <laughs> I uh, I'm just some guy on the internet, like uh, a wise Fine. man named Sergio. Let's say. <laughs> I, I I think they they do, and they could probably make that that trip. But I I mean, you know, unfortunately, the today. You know, I, I was never a professional athlete, so I wouldn't know. But, you know, I'm, I'm guessing that traveling four hours, what I'm assuming super early in the morning, right? Like getting there, warming up or whatever, playing and then coming back the same day. Like, I, I don't think it would be super conducive to, you know, to like a top performance. But who knows? I mean, at this point, like with the, yeah, with the way that the, this schedule is set up, I mean, anything, anything is on the table. I mean, it's not ideal situation to fly halfway around the world and then try and play one of your biggest rivals. Yeah, no, definitely not. I would agree with that. 
Well, as the great Ludacris once said, sometimes it's not great to be uh, all over the world, baby. I've been places you've never imagined. From Tim Vickery to Ludacris within a couple of minutes, Chuck, you are... Yeah, man, he's still on top form today, my friend. I mean, I don't really listen to him, but I mean, he hasn't really produced anything um, besides a few random movies uh, a few years ago. The Fast uh, and Furious movies are not random movies. Oh, God. Well, Lord knows. They they might as well just make a 10th one just to round it off. (laughs) Oh, they will. Maybe they'll actually go to space this time. Right. They should. That's the only place Dominic Toretto has not conquered yet. I mean, if Jeff Bezos can do it, hey, why not you? <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap, wrap things up with a little not-so-positive talk, and I guess that's kind of how we discussed Juventus's form over the last 10 to 15 minutes. But Weston McKinney has been in the news for all of the wrong reasons the last couple of days, and just a cliff Notes version of it, he was suspended before the United States' World Cup qualifier against... Canada over the weekend and it came out that he was suspended because of a breach in COVID protocol and that is I believe probably a a sign that not only is the U.S. being very strict on their protocol because of a outbreak within the team but obviously McKinney did something that is not so great away from the field and uh, there's been some reporting by ESPN saying that he you know he brought somebody back with him to the hotel and they essentially he broke the the bubble that the u.s men's national team was trying to create within their time in tennessee and unfortunately for mckinney this is not the first time in 2021 where he has been at the center of a covid protocol breach and i think i've said it before you know in my line of profession they say that three is a trend well weston mckinney is on number two in terms of covid protocol trouble I don't know. I mean, it's it's definitely worrying for me to see a player that I think could be very useful to the squad continue to have disciplinary issues. But, you know, when your national team is sending you back a couple days early and they've obviously got very important matches still ahead of themselves, it's, uh, it's not exactly shining a bright light on the player. Well, you've got to enforce discipline regardless. Otherwise, it gets a little too crazy. I mean... I think you remember was was yeah it was, it was three years ago I think when Moise Kane and Nicolo Zaniolo had uh, were suspended before a big game in the under twenty one European Championships by uh, by Italy for being late to meetings or or training and it it turned out that there was like the eighth or ninth time that that had happened which is just uh. A, a lack of control on on the team's part. I mean, in that particular case, the coach of the under twenty one team was Gigi Di Biagio, who is a garbage coach. So you know that makes sense that he doesn't have a didn't have control over. It, but you have to you have to exert that that control. And you have problem is Juve did the same thing when McKinney had his lapse in in March or April, and he doesn't seem to have learned from it. And that's a problem. I. I don't necessarily have a problem with mistakes if you learn from them. If you don't and you just keep on doing it, then we have an issue. And, you know, I mean, I guess you could almost see it as a silver lining that he's back a little early, especially considering the fact that, you know, with Benton Core having come back very late and also a little bit banged up, he's probably going to be needed on Saturday. But 
he, he's, I mean, and you know, he's, he's young, he's 23. He, he's probably living life really, really high. And he's, he's making a lot of mistakes. I think that I personally think that this is that, that certain things are being a little overblown, you know, Landon Donovan talking about how the, the relationship between him and, and his teammates in the national team is almost beyond repair. That's just Landon being, uh, being overdramatic again and wanting to be the center of attention because, you know, we've, we've seen that from, from him before, but this is something that he needs to nip in the bud or maybe in the stem now, because the bud was in March. You can't, you can't keep on repeating this. It's you gotta, you gotta learn now. This, this is where the rubber meets the road for him because he starts turning into a, into a discipline case like that. This, that, that'll affect him, affect him with Juventus, affect him everywhere he goes from now on. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really have too many thoughts on it besides what you said, Sam, I guess in general, I would caution people and like, like you alluded to Sam, just caution people to not jump to conclusions too quickly. Um, as far as I know, and you know, we just discussed this off air as far as we know, there aren't any like officially official accounts of what actually happened, what McKenney actually did. So, um, you know, I'm cautious to jump to conclusions just yet, but I mean, I think we have a vague idea of what happened. Um, and yeah, it doesn't sound good. But yeah, the Landon Donovan thing, that is strange because to me, it's like, you know, he comes on this podcast of, uh, I think it was yeah, Grant Wall's podcast. And I mean, I didn't listen to it, but I just read a few comments about it that the general gist was, you know, he was saying, oh, I can't talk about what happened, but I know what happened. And I don't want to talk about it because it would be like, I don't know, you know, just like unprofessional or whatever. But then he's essentially coming on a podcast to talk about it. So I'm just like, okay, if you don't want to talk about it, then don't come on a podcast. Don't just like, don't talk to any type of media at all. Um, but then here you are talking about it, saying you don't want to talk about it. So I'm just, make up your mind, you know, talk about it or don't talk about it. That I just, I don't know, I thought that was kind of an odd inconsistency there. Yeah, you know, uh, besides that, I I just, I, I'm just curious to see what McKenney will do, just how how he'll respond publicly. If Juventus has to get involved with it, I, which I suppose they won't, because I mean, it's a national team matter, I suppose, but from, I mean, from I what know. I was able to gather from Juve's short recap of training on Tuesday, which is when we're recording here, is that McKinney was part of the small group that resumed training after having a break. So as of right now, it doesn't seem like Juventus are going to do anything, whether that changes once they can, I don't know, maybe sit down with them and try and actually figure out what happened. Who knows? But as of right now, it seems like in terms of discipline from the club, nothing is going to happen. Yeah. And I suppose there's not much they could do. I mean, it's, it's out of their jurisdiction, I think. Uh, however, um, there was an interesting case. I mean, with, again, re- referencing the Argentina-Brazil fiasco, I think I did read that Tottenham was going to fine Cristiano Romero and uh, I forget the other player. I was trying to look it up real quick as we were talking. But anyway, I know that. I, I think it is. Who was that? Yeah, I think it's Lo Celso. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lo Celso, no. yeah. Thank you. That was the other one. Yeah, I did read that Spurs were going to fine those two players because of, well, just, I don't know, 
supposedly because of their uh, responsibility um, with the whole thing. Well, I can't find the... Oh, yeah, I did find the article. So, yes, Spurs have to find uh, Lo Celso and Romero after the pair was involved in fixture suspension. Anyway, um, so, I mean, I guess that is possibly a precedent for Juve having some kind of, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, permission to get involved with this and with McKinney. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they prob- there's there's a little bit more to that in that, like, I think the, the allegation is that, that they forged or lied about things on their customs form, which would directly affect Tottenham as their employer, which I think is a little bit different. So I think there's a little bit of a different situation in that regard, but who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that definitely is true, yeah. But yeah, like I said, I mean, overall, I... I don't expect Juve to get involved with it, but yeah, just hope, you know, um, McKinney just, I, mean, I don't know, apologize, just sort it out with the U S and just, I mean, I hope he deals with this just professionally and just in dig- dignified manner, because uh, the last thing we need is, you know, another yeah controversy, another player involved controversy. So, um, but I mean, I don't know, I, I have faith that he will. And yeah, let's hope so. It's uh, for, from the whole, you know, controversy or whatever you want to call it. I don't really really have two main takeaways. One is that, you know, as, as a resident 20-year-old in, in the podcast, uh, I'm not counting Chucks because I know we're technically the same age, but, you know, spiritually, uh, Chucks is between 40 and 50. So I'm not... <laughs> Go on, push it up to 60 then. Go on. <laughs> and, and I'm, you know, and, and you know, mentally and spiritually i'm at best 15 so i think i'm, I'm much more I'm flattered to talk about it <laughs> and you know it's just the, the, like like sam alluded to the dude he's like in his early 20s from the reports and whatnot it it looks like he what was the professional way they phrased it he brought someone uh, you know outside of the bubble back to the hotel or whatever like you know it, it's just it's one of those things that you know, if you want to find leeway, you're going to be able to find leeway and say like, oh, he's a young guy. Like he didn't really do anything necessarily wrong. Um, but at the same time, like, like like you guys said, like this is, you know, this is the second time that he's done something like this. I can't imagine that if it was something, you know, you know, less, uh, I would say less egregious. Uh, that the United States would send him back home. I think that that was that was just a very kind of like harsh uh, punishment if you want to, you know, find some leeway in it. So maybe there's some other stuff going on there. Who knows? But yeah, I, I like the, that's my main, like my first takeaway is that it's, it doesn't reflect well on him, especially it's just going to add, you know, fire, fuel to a fire of, you know, him being transferred out. Those rumors are, you know, creeping back again. Now it's actually in the January transfer window, apparently, that they want to ship him out. Who knows? He's not doing himself any favors. Uh, and especially because he's not, like, the little we've seen up from him in a Juve kit with Allegri, you know, obviously small sample size, but he hasn't looked all that great. He hasn't looked all that comfortable. And for a guy that's just, you know, I mean, and this shouldn't be, but if you're not a superstar level player like this type of things, they're just like, they are not going to just let it be. Like, I think it would be very different, you know, if the best player of the team, if Federico Chiesa 
get sent back by COVID. Like, oh, they'll probably turn a blind eye to it. But, you know, if it's a guy that doesn't really have a set place in the squad, then, you know, those type of things definitely, you know, go against you. So that's my, my first takeaway. And the second one is, I, sorry, Sam. So Juve did. I mean, you remember in January, Ronaldo violated like four different COVID protocols to go skiing with his girlfriend for her birthday. And they didn't do Jack and they didn't do Jack to him. Yeah, and exactly. When, like, it's, and then it's, when when the, and then they suspend Dybala, Artur and and McKenney a couple of months later for for something that was frankly less of a deal because, you know, Ronaldo like crossed regional boundaries to to get to whatever skiing resort that he went to, whereas McKinney just had a house party. I mean, it's, it, you know, but yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's it, it, like, like I said, it shouldn't be, but we see that. In, and it's not even a Juve thing specifically. It's like every sports, like every single sports organization in every single league in the world is just going to have a bigger, like a longer leash for superstar guys than for guys that are, you know, death pieces i mean that it, it it is what it is so for a guy that you know as we stand here today does not have a you know like a secure spot in the starting 11 just this type of things definitely don't help your case so that you know that's that's number one and number two it just it doesn't make sense to me you know the the covet protocol obviously what he did was outside of the bubble whatever but you know i mean you're talking about they're doing the qualifiers they're traveling all over the place. I know they're, you know, they're kind of like isolating a little bit or, you know, they have a quote unquote bubble. I get that, but there's no way that they can possibly have an actual super safe, super secure bubble if you're traveling internationally every two, three days. I mean, it's just, it's, it's impossible. So it just, it strikes me as a, as a weird thing to kind of let a, a guy out to, to dry. And I understand it was like a rules thing. I get that. But it's like, I don't know. It, it just felt to me a little bit hyp- hypocritical to be like, oh, no, you pro COVID protocol, you're out. And then you're we're sending you right back to Italy. So another international travel. And now he's training. So it just it feels like a weirdly applied thing. I get it's a rule. I get he shouldn't have done that, but it's like I, it's a bit odd. But then again, everything with this, you know, pandemic is a bit odd. So it is, it is what it is. So yeah, I guess that would be my, my two big takeaways. Hopefully this doesn't, you know, mess with his, you know, with him mentally or something. And he just comes back to Juve ready to go, ready to get, get a place in the in the starting 11 he will probably get a chance just because of how the team is right now so let, let's hope he has a good game this this upcoming weekend not just traveling internationally but traveling to a country in the united states which three of the four of us currently live in obviously is not in a currently good state when it comes to the virus and i'm just looking at Tennessee's numbers in terms of COVID right now. And let's just say they have a rolling average, a seven day rolling average of close to 7,000 cases a day. So good times. Oh, and they're going to the bubble. Where do the the national team plays next? Like the United States, like Honduras, I think. Yep. Yeah. So I guarantee you they're not doing great with the virus either. Like no one is. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that I don't know, just, they, they probably shouldn't be having those qualifiers, but hey, it, I mean, it is what it is. 
All right. Well, on, <laughs> on that happy note, we will wrap things up here. Uh, as always, you can listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. You can also send us your Twitter questions, which will hopefully return next week to us at Juventus Nation. As always, you can follow us on social media there. Hopefully, Juventus will put us in a good mood this coming weekend, no matter how many South Americans play. So on that note, for Sam and for Chucks and for Sergio, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>